Hello, and welcome back to Searching Inward, a podcast brought to you by Restore Small Groups here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, We are in a new studio, a new space with a new format, a new year, and um, we've been away for a while. So maybe you guys have forgotten us, but we have not forgotten you. And although we're in a new space, a new year, some things remain the same, some of the same characters. Scott Real is with us, and he is just as bald as he's ever been. (laughs) He's wearing a hat this morning, but just as good looking. Scott, say hello. Hello, it's good to be here. This is exciting for us. Uh, hard to believe 23 years ago we started Restore and with this success of Journey of Freedom spreading around the world and, and then just, just the new media stuff and podcasts and this is going to be videoed and some of the clips will be on YouTube and uh, things I'm still learning about, but uh, it's going to broaden our reach and uh, we're really excited about what God's doing. And people hear your wonderful voice. Now they get to see your beautiful face. (laughs) And then other things remain the same, which is the brilliant smile of Anna B. Anna Bryant is with us. And Anna, say hello and tell us a little more about this format. Good morning, friends. Or good afternoon. I don't know what time of day you're listening, but it's morning here and so happy to be back. Um, We've had a little bit of a break uh, from the podcast because we have been exploring some new avenues so that we can um, reach you in more meaningful ways. So we're really, really excited to uh, partner with the Hit Lab so that we can bring not only audio, but video to you on a more regular basis. And um, all of this exciting new content that Scott has created for us, we're just thrilled to be able to share with you and look forward to connecting with you in more meaningful ways. So we are, we're excited, a little bit nervous, but excited about this new material. Scott, you have some new material and that's what we're going to be covering in these first 36 episodes is uh, your new book and kind of highlighting that. So tell us a little about that. Um, I'm holding the cover right here and it's your pathway to a new life and lasting freedom, the journey of transformation. There's a butterfly on this cover and uh, this this book has come about, what, over the last couple of years has been developing. So tell us a little bit about this. Well, actually, it was about seven years ago that the concept and the premise came to me. I was in Florida on vacation, and I grabbed some books to take with me when I was down there to do some reading. And I grabbed Stephen Covey's, Dr. Covey's book, Seven Habits, which is, you know, a very famous book. And it had been a long time since I read it. And so I was walking on the beach one morning and I was just reading it slowly as I was walking along as the sunset and I mean at sunrise and um, I read one page and it just that's what began this whole journey of this new book. And he was saying that if we continue to just focus on symptoms, we're always going to be dealing with just the exterior. But he says, if you want to strike at the root cause, he says, you got to strike at the paradigm. Mm. He says the paradigm is the center of our being and why all the responses that we have, why we choose to do what we do comes from that belief, which is what a paradigm is. And he explained it like this. He goes, it's like a lens. It creates a lens. And that's how I see everything. And I think he was one I heard say that we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. And it just really made sense to me then that um, if you really wanted to reach into a deep transformative process, you have to go at the, at the root, which is what the person really, really believes. And it's not just a belief about themselves, but it's also their belief about God and how that works. And then the belief about just our world and life in general, it's going to determine my responses. 
And so that's what began this book. And um, when I realized it, as I kept reading Covey's book, he says it's in our stories that we uh, kind of formulate this belief about ourselves. And that, so we look at the systems. He says we look at our family of origin, we look at our schools, we look at churches, we just look at society in general, but just where these beliefs were formed. Because, you know, a good way to think of a paradigm, which is, I know a lot of people hear the phrase paradigm shift, but a paradigm is really a perception. And we have talked a lot about perception in the past, but a perception is true. It's the reality to the beholder. This is what I really, really mm. believe. And think about that. That's that we don't see how I always get just a little confused, but we don't we don't believe what we see. We see what we believe. And when I heard that, I said, oh, my goodness. That's powerful. And then I heard Richard War one time say that Jesus actually is a paradigm. And I thought, wow, that just makes so much sense. So what I really believe about me, my self-image and my all that stuff that makes up who I am, that's going to determine my paradigm. That's going to determine my lens. And I can keep trying to deal with my symptoms. But if I really want to experience deep inner transformation where I am different, i got to strike at the paradigm. And that's what this book is trying to do you uh in the book you talked about it's the psychology of our life stories mm -hmm. um our evolving self stories that we're developing i know for me i remember this experience with little dog um who was so fearful of a thunderstorm <laughs> and you try to you know you see this dog the dog's going to be fine and you you know that dog's going to be fine but that dog's reality is that the storm is a threat and and so when you kind of begin to put yourself and that, that's, that's that little dog's paradigm. And you begin to see how that could be true to our lives. And then you have friends and other people that you witness to that in some way they believe something to be true about them. And even friends and people around them are like, no, that's, that, that's not true. But that's the paradigm. That's the reality they are, that they are living. Mm -hmm. So, Anna, um, in the book, I know uh, Scott talks about um, un, unmemorizing toxic emotions. And that kind of came from um, Dr. Spencer. So let me read this and then maybe you could talk a little bit about this. Uh, Dr. Dispenza, he says, uh, here's how it works. You have an experience which has an emotional charge. Then you have a thought about the particular past event. The thought becomes a memory, which then reflectively reduces the emotion of the experience or reproduces the emotion of the experience. If you keep thinking about that memory repeatedly, that thought, the memory, the emotion merges one and you me memorize the emotion for true change to occur, it is essential to unmemorize an emotion that has become part of your personality. How do we do that? How do we unmemorize something that is really uh, strong in our minds? Yeah. Things that are deeply ingrained in us mm -hmm. are really hard to change. And obviously, like Scott uh, alluded to, like uh, our behavior um, is, is driven by our belief system and our belief system is deeply ingrained and, uh, not just in our belief system of like, uh, right and wrong, like a morality kind of belief system, but like really what we truly believe about, um, the, ourselves and the world and our place in the world. And we can't be, we can't begin to be change our behavior patterns, um, until we really change the way that we think. Um, mm. and that really goes, like Scott said, back to our paradigm and understanding that like every person has a particular unique way of viewing the world. Like we all have a different lens and n nobody has 
a completely correct lens, uh, apart from God. Obviously, he sees everything as they are, um, and he knows all the intricacies. But we just see things through the lens of what our experiences were and um, the way that we have interpreted the world through our um like our reproduced emotions from those, um, ingrained neural pathways. And so, um, we need to begin to, um, change some of those deeply ingrained neural pathways. And the good news is, is that our brains are elastic and that's like one of the only organs in our body that we actually do have the power to change and will continue to grow and evolve in our lifetime. So our, uh, our goal through the book is to help people find a way to practically do that so that they can, um, grow and change and um, become more complete versions of who they are. It is really fascinating the the world that we live in with neuroscience and the reality of neuroplasticity that we're learning. And that was something that really inspired this writing. Like now we even have science to back up. We can change. Like we used to think that our brains, you know, were formed, and as we got older, we just could never change. But we can. Talk, uh, Scott. Talk a little about that. Just how that kind of shaped the writing of the the journey to transformation or of transformation. Well, it's, it's amazing how much I was presented that I had not really known before over these last seven years. Neuroplasticity. It all started for me with Thompson's book, Dr. Kirk Thompson's book, Anatomy of the Soul, when he talked about, you know, there's, there's no greater need for all human beings in the experience of being fully known. And he talked about how the brain and neuroplasticity, but just that, think about this. This is really powerful. What I'm thinking about myself, those thought patterns, that narrative, it comes from the paradigm. So again, we start at the root, the paradigm. That's the origin of my narrative. And then the narrative, which I've been saying and believing through the lens my whole life. So that's how, what I, how I remember my past. And that was something Thompson said, how we remember the past is going to determine the present and the future. So if we can remember the past differently, have it be transformed, now we have an opportunity to change our future. That's why I think he said something like, what I'm doing right now, the choices and thoughts that I'm thinking right now are shaping tomorrow. And that is really powerful. And that's, I think, goes back to what Brene Brown says, the, the creativity of hope is that, you know, I can cultivate hope, that I can be empowered by working through where I'm at. And that's, and that's what we do in our small groups. And that's what I'm trying to do with this book is here's a process that will take you deeper into your story that you can remember yourself differently. And this is what I'm doing every day. God is trying to rewire, reframe, redirect my thoughts. Um, and you know, that, that verse, which we're all so familiar with, take all thoughts captive. Well, that takes on a whole new meaning to me now. I used to think it was, don't think bad thoughts about people or things like that. But mm-hmm. it's so much more than that. It's, it's what you're telling yourself, what you're speaking into your life you're speaking into reality because that forms a neural pathway and so we try to bring science and 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 spirituality together in this book i think it's really going to be very helpful for lots of people so we can unmemorize and unlearn toxic emotions and yes and and what they're and what we're learning is that it takes the right kind of setting and environment and community and positive ways of, of thinking about yourself that, you know, they say that bad memories are like uh, a Velcro. They stick to you, yeah. you know, and they last a long time, but like kind of the good things are like Teflon so they could slip off. So we have to put ourselves in a place where we're surrounded by more goodness. And in the book, you talk about a couple different things. And I want to hear you speak to this and this will kind of wrap up with 
But you talk about fear-based paradigm. My life is over. I'm trapped and doomed, which is not true. That's a paradigm, but there's a new way to think about this. You talk about a shame-based paradigm. I've failed too many times, and now I'm hopeless. And I've heard people say self-rejection is one of the greatest enemies that we have in in our growth. Um, an insecure-based paradigm, I must be approved by others to feel good about myself. And then a doubt-based paradigm, and this is what you were speaking to earlier, Anna, um, God has given up on me. And then ultimately, our identity as beloved children of God, all of us, that if we could come back to that basic place of of worth and dignity and goodness, that might be the best place for us to heal and grow and move away from these kind of toxic memories. Yeah, absolutely. Because if we can really begin to think those good thoughts, which are true, that we are um, we are worthy, we are enough, we are beloved, um, that um, that is what we begin to look for and, and see. And if we can begin to, like when we begin to, like when you find yourself in a place of rumination where you're thinking over and over again on like a negative experience or um, you're thinking negative thoughts about yourself um, that are self-defeating, um, to stop, and that's part of the taking thoughts captive, but recognize that, okay, you're looking at circumstances through a lens. That lens is probably not entirely accurate. It's, it's, it's fascinating to me. So like I have three children and I love talking with my kids, but it, it's so um, interesting to me that when we talk about things that have happened in our life, all three of them have a really different perspective on the same events that have happened. And to me, that is just such a, um, it just like um, solidifies the fact that we do have a paradigm that we look through. And although they all had, you know, were present maybe for the same event, they all look at it through a different lens and recall it very differently, as do I. And so just to remember like, okay, well, probably none of us are 100% accurate. But again, remembering like we see what we're looking for, we see what we believe. And so if we can begin to believe what is true, what is good, what is right, that's what we're going to begin to find in life. And so this spiritual journey, uh, this journey of transformation that we're inviting people to, it starts from this place of worth and dignity and goodness, not from our brokenness. And we have to start there. So Scott, um, can you give us the elevator pitch, what we're going to do over these next 36 episodes and um, how do we prepare ourselves? Where, where are you going to lead us? We're going to look into our stories. We're going to look at just the, the hope. I, 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 would, I think that's the key word for this book for me is that to start out, I wanted to write a book about hope. And then God just led me down this path here because, and I realized, oh my goodness, this is the most hopeful book I could have ever come come up with, created. Because it's, if, if we can change what we believe about ourselves. And I find this, this one word keeps emerging for me, trust. And I found all these verses in the Bible that are so hopeful, and they always have trust in the verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind, and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge me, and I will direct your paths. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, that you would overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I want that hope, but I kept realizing that what's thwarting that, and what it was was 
I, what I really believe about God, which is shaped by what I believe about me, mm. which is what shame does. And, and go back to, to Bradshaw's book, Healing the Shame Abides You, and he, he, come, he came up with toxic shame. It's not that I made a mistake, it's that I am a mistake. It becomes an identity. And I have struggled with a shame-based paradigm my whole life. That's all I can ever remember is you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not good looking enough. You're not talented enough. You know, and at any time anybody's going to find out and they're going to, they're going to desert you and they're going to abandon you. And so this book, I think, is going to liberate people to live in the hope of their whole new existence, a whole new life. Can we create a new life at any point with God? Can we make a new beginning? I believe we can. I'm in my 60s, and I'm sure I'm trying to make that movement, and I am making that movement. And so, and you're gonna bring as many people along with you <laughs> as you possibly can, Scott. That's what we love about you, Anna. What would be your hope for this these this new book, these next 36 podcast episodes? I think my hope would be that people know that um, they're not alone, and that they can change, and that um, hope is out there. That, yeah, no person, no situation is hopeless. We're so excited to have you uh, listening and joining us on these next 36 episodes of the journey of transformation. Some things that we're going to cover and learn over our time together. Uh, Understanding the true nature of transformation. Developing a healthy paradigm. Identifying toxic messages that control behavior. Breaking the habit of being yourself letting go of fear and shame and insecurity and doubt and making decisions between stimulus and response and how past failures control our thoughts about the future, finding your North star and creating, as Scott says, the life you always wanted. So we're excited to join you on the journey. Please, no one has to do this journey alone. In fact, it's best to do these things with others. And so if you need a place to connect, find more resources or to join a group, uh, find us at restoresmallgroups.org. And you can learn more about uh, in-person groups and online groups that you can participate in. But over every mountain, there is a path and the future rewards those who discover it and press on. Stay on the path, friends, and we'll see you back here again soon.